Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This episode is sponsored by the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. So the guild is a not-for-profit organization, and the goal is to further the understanding and appreciation of the Arizona craft brewing industry, and they really work hard to maintain the quality and image of the beer produced uh, through the education of the consumers, retailers, distributors, and the brewers as well. So they also have a major legislative impact, and basically they're fighting for your right to party. So go check them out at chooseazbrews.com. This is where you can find every guild member brewery, including the ones that are in the process of opening. So you're trying to find a new brewery uh, that might be open in your neighborhood, go check that out. Uh, you can also buy tickets for all of the events, including the upcoming Arizona BrewCon and Real Wild and Woody, which we're going to talk about in this episode. All right, and in this episode, I sit down with the executive director, Rob Fulmer, Sarah Ritchie from 12 West, and Alex Phillips from Grand Canyon Brewing Company, talk about these two upcoming events as well as what's new and exciting in Arizona craft beer. So let's jump into this. Do we know what be- <laughs> do we know what beers you guys are bringing to eat? I have a a decent list. Okay. I don't know every single one, but I know I know we're launching more new Cuvée Verdad sour beers. Oh, nice. you heard it first here and uh, podcast and bourbon barrel aged <laughs> sacrifices, uh, imperial stout. Good stuff. That we- is a great <laughs> introduction. So I think you should tell us your name now. So you're fully committed. All right. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Ritchie. I'm the sales and brand manager for 12 West Brewing out of Gilbert Mesa. Uh, Alexander Phillips, director of sales and marketing and generally everything else at the Grand Canyon Brewing Company and Distillery. Nice. Rob Fulmer, executive director of the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild and uh, producing team behind Real Wild and Woody and Arizona Brewcon. Yeah, woot! Pretty easy to get that shit rolling, right? Uh, <laughs> it's uh, I believe they call it plug and play. <laughs> yeah. So those are coming up here pretty soon. What what uh, what are the dates of those, Rob? Uh, it's the last Friday of July, the last okay. Saturday of July, the last Friday of July is AZ BrewCon, which is nice. a primarily an industry uh, learning experience. We've got uh, uh, three tracks uh, all day. Uh, uh, with uh, fellow industry people. If it's something that, uh, if the industry is something that you are considering getting into, if you're, uh, even if your sales are maybe opening a place or a craft beer bar or you want to rub elbows with some beer reps uh, to find out what, what makes their world work, uh, that's a good place to do it. Yeah. Um, it's at the uh, downtown uh, Renaissance Hotel in Phoenix. Uh, so we're kind of excited about the venue change. We sort of scaled up. Uh, featured speakers, uh, we have David Walker from Firestone Walker Brewing nice. Company doing the keynote speech. Um, we have um, members of the Brewers Association to talk about sustainability. Matt Gasiak, uh, he's going to educate some people on, on things they might already be doing uh, to, to be more uh, in the sustainability mode. It's getting a lot of press, the sustainability angle, so we should uh, – educate ourselves on, on, on the things that we can do to make things better. Uh, you might be hearing some rumbling upstairs. They're still working on the suite upstairs. I don't know. <laughs> the this is the quietest this place has been and probably it has. Uh, I literally have collected a few rocks that have fallen off the ceiling. Um, you know, uh, like through 
Well, <laughs> it's a metal roof, so I'm not sure where they're coming from, but they're coming from somewhere. <laughs> we sort of wake up to see them. Yeah. Um, anyway, that, that, that conference, uh, again, very deep with the, on the brewery technical side. Uh, we've got people who are going to give a big picture on things uh, sales-wise. We've got people to do uh, some of the industry's uh, uh, numbers for IRI, which is your off-premise numbers, those really dictate the way the industry goes. And it's something that most people don't understand or see. Uh, uh, we've got, um, uh, we just got a, uh, former distributor owner. Um, this is news to everybody except Kristen in the office here. Um, <clears throat> he used to work for, um, <laughs> Kristen's email, like, might be walking man, uh, distributor. Oh, he used to own, uh, the distributor. He's going to do some sales training stuff for us at the end of the day. Um, talk about, I mean, uh, basic sales call stuff, nice. but, um, you know, from a distributor's perspective, uh, boy, we, we've, we've got a, a bunch of information at azbrewcon.com, and it's changing like literally every five minutes, uh, updating, getting deeper and deeper. Um, so we've got that, and then uh, Real Wild and Woody, which is probably what most of your listeners are, listeners are more interested in. Uh, fifth year downtown, sixth year overall, uh, Phoenix Convention Center, indoors. Um, it's uh, you know uh, one of the largest indoor festivals in the country. Um, not very many... Uh, Organizations can pull off a, a festival in you know the largest space in their metro area. So uh, real is Cascale, wild is uh, beers made with other than traditional beer yeast, uh, mixed fermentation stuff. Uh, sometimes uh, referred to as sour, but you know often earthy, spicy, uh, traditional um, funk. The funk, yeah, funk. Yeah, uh, and uh, Woody is the uh, barrel aged portion. Um, so, um, you know, uh, we're seeing more, uh, wine barrel stuff. We're seeing tequila barrels, different things have the list ready pretty soon on untapped. Um, we've been using untapped for quite a while, so it gives everybody, uh, choices. Uh, we have a couple of kombucha makers, a couple of cider makers too. So if, nice. uh, you know, gluten's not your thing, um, I would ask them very pointedly whether there's no gluten in it, yeah. uh, before you. <laughs> Uh, get anaphylactic shock ale, right? <laughs> before you get anaphylactic shock <laughs> in front of us. But um, we it's have that available. Uh, there, are, there are food pairings uh, that are free tasters. We don't have the ability to sell directly to the public, so we don't have the food trucks. However, okay. we are working with the City of Phoenix Convention Center, uh, Aventura. Uh, there is a VIP session for the first time ever. Uh, oh, really? So hour nice. early. I think that's going to be very appealing. It's going to help break up the initial line as well at yeah. the beginning. And uh, there's a VIP, P, VIP plus meal. That's a tough one to say. I know. So uh, it's it's a three-taco plate. Um, <laughs> excited about that as well. So yeah. uh, that is everything you need to know. And now let's talk about some fun things because we've got some <laughs> yeah. folks who can actually talk about beer here. Yeah. So Where you they? guys are responsible for some beers, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> last year, we used uh, Real Wild and Woody to launch a new division of our company, which is called Cuvée Verdad, ah, and it's nice. our sour project. Yeah. And we tapped, uh, I believe, two different uh, sours, um, wild ales, and then um, two different uh, bottle-fermented sours that we launched there as well. So it's been quite a while since we tapped any or launched any new products from that line. So we've got a few that are just going to be perfect timing. We keep popping those bottles and checking to see if they're ready and they are at the optimum of perfection and ready to go for, uh, for the end of the month. So we're excited nice. to show off some beautiful new sours and of course, uh, bring back some of our sacrifices, our Imperial stout that's bourbon barrel aged. Ooh. It's 
sexy deliciousness. (laughs) It's so good. So was the plan to have those ready for Real Wild and Woody or did it just happen to fall in line? Yes and no. I mean, both. I mean, (laughs) it was, we've been checking them and and there's, there's, you know, they would have been ready a little earlier, but there it's like, we'll just use this opportunity to launch it to, to the crowd and to the, to the community at large. When you get as many industry people participating in the festival, it's as much to impress each other than it is. to It seriously is. It really is. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think more so too with, I mean, just from my perspective, more so with a real wild and woody, right? Because, um, it's, it's the bigger beers. It's the, it's kind of the ones that people are really, really proud of because there's a lot of time and effort that are put into those. Yeah. These are babies. These are precious babies. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And like Rob said, um, my brew team, even specifically, we treat uh, Real Wild and Woody specifically just to impress our peers. Like, we do not – I mean, we do show up for our consumers for sure, but, like, the goal is is to, you know, have fun with your peers, kind of show off a little bit. These beers, like, the technicality that goes into making them, the, the hard work, and sometimes, you know, we've even planned a few for this year that failed, and, like, we're not going to be able to bring collabs to the table with it's 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 a lot and it's again it's more or less a celebration of who we are and and i like putting that on display for the public it's amazing yeah do you know what you guys are bringing alex yes i do do you want to reveal what you're bringing (laughs) sure uh (laughs) so secret (laughs) so uh we're gonna get a little wild since it is real wild Uh. so um we do have the, the distillery arm of our brewery, which will be featured there as well. So we're going to do kind of like a a, a, a dual table. So we're going to be doing some uh, old fashions and some Mai Tais. So we got Tiki Dan, obviously. Ah, uh, we're going to nice. be making up some Mai Tais. Yeah. And then we got uh, our distiller, Chris, will be doing some old fashions. Um, oh, yeah. So we're, you know, we're trying to stay within the parameters of Rue and Woody for that. And then for the beer, uh, Josh, we, we've traditionally done a lot of cask work. And um, this year we're going to bring back Purple Nurple. That was a favorite from last year. What is uh, that? It's it's a Berliner with like grape drink. Okay. It just it, it, <laughs> it, it ended up when we when we first started doing it, it was like kind of an experiment. It ended up tasting like a Berliner grape Kool Aid, and it was yeah. awesome. And so they just uh, we we rolled with it, and it was it was received well. And so we're going to do it with a little more forethought. We had done a, a, ch- a chili smoked amber uh, for an event on more famous, famous 48's uh, grand opening, and we're going to repeat that one as well. And then uh, we've been sneakily up to some wild fermentation uh, up north, so Wild Saison will be featured. Uh, we have the last um, or the second... Uh, this, the baby sister of Direwolf, so the, the, the second uh, version of that. Nice. Uh, well, the, the last of that we had, because we had, when we made it, we split it off into two different kind of uh, bottle conditionings. And so the first one we've been out of for a while, and then the second one we went through the most of last this last year. So we'll have that Direwolf, and then hopefully uh, one more wild fermented beer that we have as well. Will the Direwolves be featured more than they were in Game of Thrones? Um, <laughs> Answer is well, yes. <laughs> probably. I mean, I'm going to keep my direwolf around. Right? <laughs> I'm going to send him to the wall. That yeah, was that, a good question. That, well, that's something that uh, I, I, 
Alex uh, mentioned the spirits, and it's something I didn't touch on with uh, Real Wild Woody. We do have a number of breweries uh, making spirits at Grand Canyon. Uh, oh, hey. um, I'm looking forward to diving into the little gift package you brought for the office. Uh, uh, we, we, we do celebrate beer, wine, and spirits here at the uh, Arizona Craft Brewery Field office. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Tiki Dan is uh, um, definitely a... a, a, a uh, Feature that we a need legend. to talk about, <laughs> yes. Uh, with, with this festival, um, you know, uh, we, we also have uh, Santana Noso, but um, as long as we got Alex here, uh, do you want to take a deeper dive on, into your spirits and what you're offering in particular? You did mention, uh, yeah. So um, for the spirits, I mean, we do six year-round spirits, and so we're actually going to have four total drinks available. Um, what I had failed to mention before is so VIP um, Tiki Dan is. If anyone's ever met him or if you haven't, he's got like 35 hobbies, which means he can do anything. <laughs> it's, he's, like, he's like the MacGyver of like getting shit done. It's awesome. So it's we've already developed an entire draft cocktail program just because he's obsessed with it. And so we actually like have one over at Brass Tap Gilbert. So we're doing two draft cocktails in VIP. One will feature our prickly pear vodka and one will feature our orange blossom vodka. Nice. Um, those are flavors of Arizona. Um, one of the things that is the most important to me with the brand is Arizona and kind of like celebrating who we are here. So then we, uh, with the old fashions, uh, specifically we will be using, uh, we just released a small batch. It was our third small batch release. It's uh, Southwest whiskey. It's our thunder snow, uh, white whiskey aged 18 months in virgin oak barrels. Nice. Uh, it's pretty incredible, and it makes a, a delightful old fashioned. And then, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun time. And then, for our rum, uh, Chris actually had learned to make rum from a Caribbean uh, distill distiller. So he actually makes like Caribbean rum from molasses, ferments it in house. Like we do everything grain to glass. So that rum, which is more of an aggregate, got that funk and that vegetative kind of tiki flair. That's uh, in style, thankfully. Uh, <laughs> Dan uh, has a huge passion for uh, everything tiki currently. No. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he's a... Uh, Dan just... He's like David Bowie. Now he's in his tiki phase. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it's beautiful. I mean... He, he made me wait four years to hire him. It's He's like this weird enigma that's just always around learning everything. So... Um, and, and people, most people in the beer industry and even customers know who he is. He's so friendly, so engaging. He makes me tolerable. I mean, holy shit. It's true. Uh, <laughs> to know magic. him is so to love him. a magician him. as well. That's yeah. another hobby he yeah. has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, and then we'll also be, we'll have a DJ and earn your booze at our booth as well. Uh, Justin Cross, we've been doing a lot of stuff with him recently, uh, and he has a, uh, a DJ who hangs out with him. So we're going we're gonna to have a big in-cap space, and we're going to kind of make a party of it. Um, we're 200 miles away up north, and uh, my crew doesn't get out a lot. We're going to do BrewCon, and then we're going to really try to show up for Real Wild and Woody. We're uh, finally finished all of our expansion stuff, and so we're growing, and we really want to kind of like bring that presence to what we're doing and just... We've been doing a lot of stuff quietly, and we wanted to get real loud about it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is just the beginning. Wait, so <laughs> internally yes, I, I have been loud. being quiet this whole time. Oh, internally, bro. it's okay. been pretty loud over here. Um, <laughs> Don't worry, it's going to get worse. I think another rock yeah. just fell use your out, <laughs> If you use your outside voice for outside people, I'm all right with it. <laughs> so let me ask you, what is a draft cocktail? I think I know what it is, but what exactly is a draft cocktail? 
Uh, draft cocktail is uh, when you, so you just it's almost like uh, homebrew meets distillation, right? So you do it in corny kegs like you would in homebrew, and you basically just mix the cocktail. Uh, there's a little chemistry and science behind putting uh, the recipes together, but once you have one, just kind of mix it up, and then uh, you hook it up like you would any other corny keg for coffee or homebrew or anything like that. It just pours off draft. And then, you know, if it's permanently on draft somewhere, you're going to want to shake it up, you know, at the beginning and then probably before a swing shift starts. And, you know, we have a – we've developed a whole, you know, standard operating procedure for our retailers to work with us and uh, do stuff like that. Yeah. So it's it's pretty neat. Just, it's, it's already batched. You pour it. And it's the same thing as having a crafted cocktail, but um, – I can't mix drinks fast enough sure. to hit the thing. So yeah. it's fun. You've mixed little ones. You have like a little shaker for the little cups. And yeah, we're trying yeah. to find a slushy <laughs> machine beforehand, and I don't I don't want to make any promises, but we're working I on it. I hear Dark Sky has a few. <laughs> well, we'll be getting liquor in ours. <laughs> liquor. Um, but that would be something fun to do and something we're trying to do at some accounts. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so the, the, the cocktail stuff on draft and slushy machines is – I don't know. It's it's super fun, uh, and just it's really interesting because you get like the quality of someone putting the time and the effort and the thought and the forethought. Like, because you have to like really breaks. You have to like use replacements for sugars and things like that. So like, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. So the final product is consistent and amazing at the same time. So it's not nice. And yeah. a lot of Tiki Dan love goes into it. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Uh, nice. Yeah, we'll be there a couple hours early to mix all of that stuff on site because, like, we want to do it day of. So, yeah, awesome. awesome. And also, Alex, you brought these uh, gems for us as well. So we're enjoying Sacred Saguaro Lager. Is this a new? Yeah, that's our summer seasonal. We've been making it for a while. <clears throat> I think this is its fifth year. Uh, this will be the first year we release it into cans like that. So can. we traditionally had always done twenty-two ounce bombers for seasonals. Uh, you know, we're 12 years old. We're coming into our 13th year of business. So we were born in an age where the 22-ounce bomber was functional and realistic, and it's what, you know, retailers wanted. And uh, that's just not necessarily the case anymore. Uh, it's nearly impossible to sell a seasonal in a 22-ounce format, like, effectively, at least in the way we do business. So uh, we this year we switched over to 16-ounce cans for everything. Um, this is our third one, I think. Um, Vienna-style lager, uh, super easy to drink. Um, just amazing for the summer. And we wanted, we, I mean, we already make a Pilsner and we make a light ale. So we wanted to make another lager. We wanted to make something approachable and drinkable. And when we developed this beer, Dortmunders weren't going to do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, we just figured another lager that was just like Negro Modelo is like the, the, the style that people are familiar with that you can kind of refer to it. And when you sell beer, Two larger companies, a lot of times you need a mainstream kind of like style to reference, and Dortmunder just didn't have it. So I'm happy with this beer. Uh, it's I I just dig the shit out of it. It, it drinks it drinks well. Yeah. It's, you know, got the dark Vienna malt, so it's a little sweet, but it's just clean and, yeah. It's I beautiful. Like it. It's a beautiful beer. I, I am mad about it. As you were describing it, Rob was pounding his. I think he drank it. Yeah, when you said it was easy drinking, I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to have another beer now because I already <laughs> put this one away. Well, then you got this one over here. This is That's that's even taller than this one. Oh, uh, yeah, the Monster. 19.2 um, ounce cans. Uh, yeah, so, I felt about 3.2 <laughs> ounces of light on this one. So, yeah. Well, you know, uh, it's I was, important. <laughs> I was pacing, looking at your can, and I, I 
it's can envy. It's uh, <laughs> feeling inadequate. Yeah. yeah, single serve is a big. Uh, so, and I'd just like to take a moment to acknowledge that, like, craft beer being in the single-serve segment is insane, much less local. What do you mean by that? What, single so, serve? like, when you walk into a convenience store or you walk in anywhere where they're selling, like, Michelada, 24-ounce, oh, gotcha. uh, Smirnoff, whatever, uh, Mickey's, Mike's Hard, and, you know, buy two for four, whatever, um, that's what's called single-serve. It's generally people who are coming in buying one or two a day or you know, twice a day or, or however that kind of format works out. It's like its own segment within selling beer. Yeah. And it's exclusively been manhandled by macros historically. Um, and not only is craft beer making a splash into there with 16 and 19.2 and in Santan's case, 24 and Four Peaks, 25 uh, single serves. Um, I particularly believe that 19.2 is going to win that game long term. Uh, it's the same width, hand feel as a 16 to 12 ounce can, uh, and it's almost 20 ounces. It's the price points on point, and you can usually use the same equipment for canning the other ones as this one. So I think that long term, from both the manufacturing and the consumer standpoint, that's what's going to be wanted. And we're we like single serve because we're located in Williams. People go camping, doing a take one of each, take two for the road. We've been doing that. It's great. Uh, we do our Pilsner, super light lager, uh, and our Trail Hike Session IPA, which is actually lower in ABV than our P- Pilsner. So it, we just wanted easy drinking beers, that big format. And uh, it actually has done better for us in the on-premise than almost anywhere. Like, you would have figured it would have been more of like, uh, we and we are seeing some movement in like C-stores and stuff like that, but Chase Field picked it up and some... Yeah, format format's definitely important. Um, you know, yeah. and and, and uh, the branding opportunity is great. I mean, that's why people you never see Heineken on draft. You see it in bottles because uh, the 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 message you're sending when you have that for I don't know people who are boat shoes. I guess is <laughs> like, yes, hey yes. man, I'm 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 doing this or the whole vacation in a bottle with the, the fruit. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a status symbol. But sure. uh, <laughs> uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because we, as part of our AZ BrewCon. Um, we have um, the buyer from Circle K, and if you if you go into Circle K's and you go into uh, uh, it, we've craft has silently slipped into that format war mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. and I think we're gonna crush it because it's crazy um, because format is important, and 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 you know just to to loop in um, uh, what Twelve West is doing. I mean uh, the 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 cuvées you're doing are in, in a completely different format, which sort of sings. Uh, let's put this on the table. Let's share it. Uh, which goes more to the wine culture. If you want to talk about exactly. the process to get into those bottles, uh, go, man. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this this will be the last round that we're doing of the larger format bottles. We are actually going to transition to smaller ones um, Wait, because I that's what the bottles from you guys though. What? Because <laughs> that's what the the stores are. That's what the stores are going for um, and asking for more now. But, uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, we had no trouble selling the the beautiful Alma. Table sours and the Hannah, the barrel aged um, sour IPA uh, with Brett strains, and it, it's it's uh, lower ABV. It's not like a big boozy thing that you can't sit down and drink yourself if you're really ambitious. Yeah. But it's also just a really great beer to pair with a litany of foods and uh, a variety of of things to share with at, at the table at a family dinner. I I've definitely served several at Thanksgiving myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a beer that you want to you want other people to try. 
like yeah, you got to try this. You have to, you like, even if you're not like a beer person, it's like, doesn't matter. Everyone's trying this. Right. And everyone's like, holy shit. That's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 And, and as we were saying, you know, we launch beers at real wild and woody for our peers. We get the most excitement from seeing our fellow brewers and brewery staffs, uh, in our line to get, to get our beers and to try our new sours. And then they come over to the side and they rave about it. And that's, that's, that's huge. I mean, getting praise from customers is great and things selling well is great, but Oh man, whenever, you know, whenever you've got the respect of your, your peers in the industry and they're yeah. like, wow, this is really good. Yeah. You outdid us on this one. Right. It's like, oh yeah. <laughs> next year though, next year, you guys are going down. Yeah. I'm going to have to, <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to broadcasts. I went on a beer run during that question, right. <laughs> but I got a little bit of it. Um, that's, um, that's really cool. I mean, I, I think also going through that same transition is Wanderlust, who's also going to be at Real Well and Woody. Um, they've gone from the bigger format to different four packs of bottles, but they're, yeah. they're, they're, um, they're definitely do bottles. Uh, bottles still have a life here oh, in sure. Arizona, uh, especially up north. I mean, we still only have a bottler because we're located in the north. So that's a obvious. That's a, that's a no brainer for Wonderlust. I mean, bottles bottles just move up north, and uh, it's Why? a it's a culture thing. Okay. It's I mean, outlier territories, smaller towns. You know, more conservative values. Uh, things move slower. Um, trends are slow to change. I mean, I'm from a small town. I mean, these aren't jabs. They're just observations of the way they work. Sure. And yeah. it's, you know, they're not looking for the newest thing all the time. Like, people in small towns find something they like, and they like to hold on to it. As a, as a home brewer, it took me a long time to switch to cans. And really what sold me is, like, they stack much nicer in my refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. But um, there is there is something about having that long neck bottle. and, and The beautiful the, presentation. It's a high-end experience. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's also just you know, the way you're able to, you know, um, walk around with it. I mean, it just feels – it has a different comfort in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's small things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, important, um, is, is it, especially if your story of your brewery is built around it. And, um, you know, again, format is important. Um, uh, it takes up space in the grocery store shelf, so there's some strategy there for some of the bigger breweries trying to, you know, um, manage that around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I'm, that, again, that's why I'm really excited about the C-Store, mm-hmm. convenience store uh, game. Um, uh it, it, you know the fact that they're even letting local players in at the level they are is crazy. And you mean in like Circle Ks and QT Circle Ks, and stuff like QTs, that. Um, the independent C store game, especially. I mean, consider that Phoenix is the fifth largest city in the U.S. Uh, there's like what 680 C stores that it's are the, independent here. It's the fourth uh, biggest county too. If you, you want to talk about including yeah, everybody, Maricopa, yeah, that's crazy. Right. So meaning so, like independence, like uh, uh, crap beer, hop stop, and yep. um, bottle shop forty eight, and stuff and, like that. And things just as easy as uh, before. Sam Capo up north bought Majestic Marketplace. He just owned a Chevron and was independently and ran craft out of there as he saw fit because you know he, he bought into the Chev. I don't know how gas station franchising works necessarily, but he owned it. Yeah, and uh, eventually sold it. But everything from that. You know, just someone who owns like three C stores all the way to, yeah, bigger chains or, and then, yeah, even like some of the, um, not bottle shops per se, but okay. right in the middle. So it, it, it runs the whole gambit and single serve is single serve. I mean, what all the years in the restaurant industry taught me as a server is that like I was serving 80 year old ladies for lunch that were drinking wine and scotch and like everyone just likes to to get at it, man. So yeah. forever. 
<laughs> Forever, it turns out. <laughs> As it turns out, my experience has told me that. Yes. Uh, well, so let, let, let me go back a minute because, I, like, BrewCon. How long has BrewCon been? AZ BrewCon been going on? Boy, uh, four years. This, uh, yeah. This will be the fourth year. This, this will be the fourth, fourth year. year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, it started out at the downtown Sheraton Hotel. We. we Worked with events on Jackson for a couple of years. They're in the middle of a remodel, so um, we have definitely um, uh, put. Our, we're really putting our foot down on doing things in downtown Phoenix. Um, that's not to lessen uh, any of the great ex- uh, cities and experiences, but we really feel um, as, as so goes a strong Phoenix, so goes a strong uh, Metro Phoenix, so goes the rest of the state. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's uh, the, it's the fact that you know. I mean, honestly, um, had we not had such success in some of our other festivals, this is a risky endeavor. I mean, uh, working with um, you know a, a convention center that you know we're probably the smallest fish in their uh, uh, cookbook right now. Um, you know, as and, far as BrewCon or combo of that BrewCon combo, yeah. you know, it, okay. it, these really are hand in hand things. We're, we're we're bringing and attracting breweries and interests from you know the region, and we really want to step this up nationally. Um, the, the fact that we have David Walker, who you know, um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, people just think, oh, we just got a, a big name and that's it. Uh, the thing about a person like David Walker is when he's in the room and he sees uh, uh, somebody who works in a state, uh, I just look back at my own experience from him being at, um, you know, different events, and, and um, he'll work his way over to uh, those people and uh, ask what our perceptions are on the market. What, what, how are things going? What, where do you see the opportunity? Um, he takes an interest and he gives you time and asks. Yeah. And I know, he, and I know and, he does this all over the country. Yeah. So I'm hoping um, that he's going to be able to share things with us. I think uh, obviously they're in a different uh, space than a lot of us. Some, uh, um, uh, you know, you know, we some some brands should aspire to the point where 805 is annoying to them. <laughs> I don't, you know, what I mean, you, you know what I mean. Like, and I think I think I, uh, in talking to him and and. Um, uh, his sales team, it's, you know, let's look for the opportunities where we stay in our lanes and we're good at what we're good at and the things that we're not good at, we, we learn about and we, we can make decisions about whether it's a good endeavor or how much of a, a, a bite you're going to have to take to make that successful. Um, you know, it, it, we're, we're talking about cans here. We're talking about different packaging formats. We're talking about, uh, breweries that, you know, 10 years ago wouldn't do these kinds of things. There are definitely more technologies afforded more opportunities to put beer in people's hands. Um, and it's a double-edged sword. Um, it definitely does build interest. There's a lot of branding opportunities. Um, uh, it, it does start to lose its uh, effectiveness as a, a profit center. Once things start to move further and further beyond the brewery for a brewery doesn't have the, the marketing presence or the sales team. Uh, it's it, it should bring p- people back to where they do make the most money in their tap rooms, uh, but it, it, it's uh, it's part of the entrepre- entrepreneurial uh, part of the industry. It's like so these things didn't occur for us, and so um, when we have a brewcon uh, and we have a real wild woody where we can see all these expressions of of everybody's efforts throughout the year um, coming in one place, uh, I think. Um, 
the, the smartest of the smart come to these uh, conferences and, and, and say and, and sort of measure where everybody is and, and, and they make better decisions and they work with some of the people we bring in. Um, we don't propose to have the answers in our conference. Uh, we just propose to have you ask better questions and, and maybe have a, a good idea of where you might get some resources. So interesting. Um, and and, and um, I'm sure these, these two here, Sarah and Alex, um, they're very, uh, they're very lateral in terms of they work in the environment. They talk to different business owners. They talk to different retailers. Uh, so their, their experience is much wider than their ownership group. And I'm sure you constantly have to tell people what's going on in the world. And um, this is an opportunity for that silo of, of the owner who is looking at making them the most effective unit they can be to really um, either directly or through their salespeople really get some great information about what's going on. Um, I think, um, you know, I've read about and I've seen here and there what Grand Canyon's brought with these different formats and these different labels, but to see it all like right now is just a little bit mind-blowing. I mean, um, these designs are, are beautiful and uh, they, they ex express the brand and, and so... You know, it's it's small things, right, that yeah. are made tangible. So um, li literally as a consumer, you come to Real One and you have your finger on the pulse of what's possible and what things are, are working. Yeah. Um, and I think as critics, we're all like, well, it's not really working as well as we thought, but okay. You know, yeah. like I think it's just a lot of, a, a, a lot of uh, value in bringing people across all elements of the industry to come and get involved. And, you know, that's... That's what we're trying to do in Phoenix. Um, I'm sure if people are paying attention, we're trying to get the Brewers Association to have a conference here. There are some technical issues that we're working through, um, you know, logistically with the state and um, city government. There's been a lot of transition, so we kind of have to start over again on some of these things. But I think, I think the overall message is we're we're really trying hard to share our our wonderful um beer culture here yeah and i think we're going to do much better than some of the other cities that are hosting i think we have a stronger beer culture than some of the last host cities that's yeah. just my opinion and we're getting better and better i feel like it's, it's kind of feel like it's i want to say the beginning but um we're still i think at an early stage of it right i mean yeah oh, it's still exploding it's yeah. still growing and we're raising the bar sarah how many how how old is uh 12 us like two and a half years Two and a half. Yeah. Um, so, so like, like you're in a class uh, uh, of breweries that are less than five years old, which is now the majority. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would have put you closer to five than, than two and a half, Thanks. just because. Well, no, just because of of um, all the work and and the uh, uh, the presence I see from Twelve West. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I'm proud of that. Um, you know, and, and and that's not to say that other people aren't doing things, but. But uh, there is there is a lot of expenditure on getting your message out, and there is a lot of value to being a lot of places that you don't see until it collectively happens. And um, you know, uh, with any industry, we're going to see some things drop by the wayside. We're mm -hmm. going to see mm -hmm. uh, we're not going to see the the same type of uh, uh, problems that the restaurant industry has. I'm, I'm sure, but um, you know. I think I think we we're going to continue to grow, but I think the people who really get involved in all the culture aspects that we that we have uh, take advantage of it. I think those are the successful people. Yeah. Well, well, 
And I could, I'm just going to kind of say I can attribute a lot of that rapid growth with the experience I've gleaned from AZ BrewCons every year and yeah. the training I've, I've been fortunate to receive and, and you really, you get out of it what you put into it. Um, but yeah, self-education, self-directed education and reading things and reading journals and reading books and attending seminars, investing in that kind of thing is, is really valuable. It's, yeah. it's, it's so essential for growing a small business. Yeah. And I think it's really great that the guild, because you guys spearheaded this whole this whole brewcon thing, right? Like to get this thing rolling. Yeah, I I, um, I think the perception from the general consumer is that we all all of us, every one of us, goes to the craft brewers conference wherever it is. Yeah. It's just not the case. No, yeah, and it's, and it's even less the that. case. Yeah, it's right? it's even less the case for a larger company. I mean, um, you know, some of our smaller companies actually bring more people per brewery than some of the very 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 large. Um, it's like you have to win a contest, a sales contest to be able to go, yeah. I mean, to, to CBC. And, um, you know, um, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Just, just saying. Exactly. I mean, well, bringing, it, bringing and, it to our home, well, our home base yeah. is huge. Well, it, it's expensive. Uh, it, it, just even the time uh, spent away, the travel time. I mean, even when it's in Denver, it's, it's still, mm-hmm. yeah. um, cutting you know, out sales days and stuff. It, it yeah. sucks. Um, I think my favorite part about Arizona BrewCon is that, I mean, anyone who's met me or talked to me for more than five seconds knows that I'm obsessed with Arizona, but that bias aside, I think that we have some of the most intelligent and well-adapted people in business in our beer market, which, you know, obviously I'm kind of existing in a bubble, but um, (laughs) I've met some incredible people, and not some, a fuck ton. Yeah. Right, And what we do as we grow is we lean on each other. We're very peer-driven. Everyone you talk to is like, oh, so-and-so helped me. So-and-so just wrote my whole plan. So-and-so did this. So-and-so did that. Absolutely. And Arizona BrewCon is the embodiment of that attitude that we have in Arizona. Is to, The rising tide raises all ships. Mm-hmm. You have to pull each other up to win, right? Stronger We're together. an emerging beer state. We're already getting treated as a secondary market by two of our neighbors, Colorado and California, effectively. So... Um, maybe that's what's bred, what I feel to be a unique beer culture. And I've hung out everywhere from Philly to Nebraska and California and all over the country. And I really do feel our local culture is a little unique and very peer driven. And that's why Arizona BrewCon uniquely, uh, I would gladly compare it to like a mini CBC. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I, that's why we're talking about both because I think they run hand in hand and, um, um, people, from across the country, was like, "Why do you have this great festival in July? Why do you have your conference in July?" Well, because we live here. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not like uh, you know, uh, it's for us. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is for us. And, it's um, air conditioned. Mm-hmm. It's indoors. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, um, um, yeah, I'm glad you guys have said that. I'm almost getting weepy uh, because I'm I'm just really excited about both the festival. And the conference and, um, you know, our office, Kristen and I and uh, our board board and, and, and some of the people who are direct uh, the focus of these things. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. And people are like, are you excited about it? I'm like, happy to be have it over. But really, really, um, uh, there's a special feeling I get from uh, getting it done. And uh, uh, my only regret is I just didn't have enough time to really – uh, get a wider audience to it because I think it's so valuable. Um, uh, but again, um, 
I'm trying to keep up with the best of the best that I work with. And, um, it's, uh, definitely, um, the hundred or so breweries that, that we, uh, call the Arizona craft brewers guild as a collective. Yeah. And so, um, uh, that's really the target is making these guys better. And, and, um, as an added bonus, when they're better, when we're better, the state is better. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, uh, it's so cool when someone says, "Hey, I I I went to this brewery. They're right they're right around the corner from me. Uh, I just learned that this brewery was close to me." Yeah, we still have that struggle, and yeah. so you know, um, um, we still need new people coming to this festival, and we need new people uh, to experience it, and we need to hear from them um, because uh, there are millions of people who have not had a single craft beer in Arizona that are beer drinkers. Yeah, millions. Yeah, yeah. so. Uh, to pivot on that, so my dental hygienist, like when I first met her, uh, she knew I worked for a brewery and we talked about it a lot. And then one day I was leaving, she's like, "Oh, where's your brewery at? Maybe I'll go visit it." And it, it struck me in, in in the moment that we had the conversation that she a thought that it was a restaurant, which is why I always preach that we're farms, not restaurants, like at scale. Yeah. And then secondly, she had never even heard of Four Peaks. What? Like <laughs> exactly, and so that really let me understand the running room we have here. There's still so much. More There's room. so yeah. much room, and then that's why it's it's great to have peers that understand that too, and that like we've got bigger battles to fight than shitting on each other, um, and it's 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 great to just you know, uh, it's great to see everyone win, is what it is. Definitely. You know, time time flies, and I. I now I know how I should have been able to figure out that you were two and a half years old. It's all contacts. Like I've literally had a three year discussion with the person who f- fills my uh, contact uh, prescription about, Hey, there's this new break called 12 West <laughs> and, and where you live. Cause we just started talking. And then like, so then there's been follow-ups for the last two years. Um, but actually that, that segues into what's going on in, in downtown Mesa these days. Uh, we're working on our second tap room. Uh, 12 West Main uh, in downtown Mesa. We uh, started renovations of that building May 1st, and it is in process. Uh, I don't want to give a narrow date because oh, this is narrow until December, so don't worry about it. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking. Yeah, hopefully. But this yeah, year. we've got yeah. some exciting things in store for it, and we're we're excited to um, to be part of that growing and exploding downtown uh, area of Mesa. So it's, it's, it's funny. I, I came from Tucson and Tucson has its own central downtown hub area. And then I moved up here to the Valley two years ago and it's uh, there's all these little pockets. There's all these little localized downtown areas of, of uh, independent businesses and independent uh, bars and restaurants and breweries. And uh, it's exciting to see, you know, downtown Gilbert coming around and Mesa. So uh, we're very happy to be a part of that. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited for that too. There's Thanks. some really cool things going on. Yeah. yeah. And then this gentleman over here. Oh, hey, what's up? Flagstaff. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and we may have confused some people. So if we did, apologies. Because uh, we had put up signage right before Made in the Shade. Uh, so that was a little confusing to some people. 
but that was mainly for hype. You mean so, signage <laughs> on the on the street? Oh yeah, the, yeah. I, we saw that last time we went up there. Yeah, a the, weeks the guild ago, yeah. had actually posted a, a picture. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I said yeah. soon, right? It's, it's, it's a sexy sign. I like it. <laughs> Here's the thing: we've been trying to get into Flagstaff for six years. Um, Flagstaff is home for us. I mean, so is Williams. I don't want to get that twisted, but you know, uh, John, our CEO and founder, uh, went to NAU for HRM. He has his master's out of there. He lived in Flagstaff for the first couple of years. He was running the businesses in Williams. And we do a lot of business with Flagstaff. I mean, they're a great local place, but they're hyper-local. And we want to contribute to that economy. We want to employ people. We want to give money back to the city. We want to help be a part of how that grows, right? I've lived in Arizona my whole life. I've been visiting Flagstaff. John's got tons of ties there. So it's always had to be the perfect opportunity and if we're going to be honest, I was also fighting quality issues uh, that we had to fix, that are fixed. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of an off-putting thing to have to kind of delay everything. So the old Buster's building in Flagstaff, which was occupied by Trailcrest briefly, uh, came onto the market. And honestly, it was the craziest thing in the world. The day they put up a release sign, I drove by it on my way to see uh, our founder, John. Kismet. And I, that's my favorite word. Um, he was just lamenting to me about how frustrating it was because just a deal we were trying to work on in Flagstaff had kind of fallen through the cracks and we could do it, but we'd have to evict a tenant and that's not how I'm entering Flagstaff, I promise you. Um, so we ended up, I just, we ended up conversating about it and I was like, oh, well, you know, the old Busters is up, and he's like, are you, are you serious? And within 10 minutes, he had someone on the phone. Within 20 minutes, we were in that building looking at it, and uh, the rest has just moved forward. We've been pretty excited about Flagstaff for a very, very, very long time. So to clarify, since I get all of these questions, here they are. <laughs> yes, we will have a five-barrel brew house inside. Scratch Kitchen. August 22nd is our grand opening. Wow, nice. Okay. We've been doing this for a while. I know everyone's always like, add six months, do whatever. Like, we're in our 13th year of business. I've opened a couple dozen restaurants before I came aboard with John. John's got a master's in HRM, and this is his fourth, fifth maybe. Um, just full open with ownership, which is a beast of things to do. But luckily, we have great people like... Uh, Camilla Alcarn to help us out with all of our uh, legal issues because we don't know what we're doing. She's the uh, counsel for the guild, and she's oh, nice. the best. Yeah, uh, she's she, an amazing. She's saving course. us a lot of time right now, and so we're we wanted to be open up on the first, but August twenty second marks like our the finish of our twelfth year of business, and the next day will be our thirteenth. And so we're going to open on the 22nd. So we should be done about three weeks early, and then we're going to do some industry nights. And we're really excited to be part of the hyper-local community up in Flagstaff. And as you, as anyone who's familiar with the brand knows, we're great friends with Dark Sky already and do a lot of projects with them. And Lumberyard, you know, Ken Wilson's great dude, and Mother Road and all these other people. We have really looking forward to working with everyone up there. It's It's almost like this whole new chapter. It's almost like we get to... Just do this whole new thing. Yeah. It's in, and we love what we're doing in Williams, and that's always going to be awesome. But Flagstaff just gives us an opportunity to be a little more flexible. It allows us to pivot a little faster when we're trying to do some stuff with the smaller brew house. 
Yeah, excellent. I'm pretty excited for that. Very excited. Um, yeah. And and just to pivot off of that, uh, as we're looking forward, uh, the Brewers Guild, uh, in conjunction with uh, Northern Arizona Breweries uh, and a lot of other breweries, uh, we are launching Jamboree uh, oh, with three bands cool. and uh, about 20 breweries, Arizona breweries. Three band Jamboree. At Fort Tuthill. And you can have another grand opening on the 6th if you want <laughs> with a lot more people. Perfect. <laughs> September? September, so yes. Yeah. Six, okay. uh, weekend after Labor Day. Uh, so. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss that one at all. I, I mean, I am a northern Arizona brewery, and I know that we're excited to have something a little more guild-focused in our backyard and something a little more... It just... The guild always knows the goals we're trying to accomplish, so it's always the events that are easier to like, kind of like get excited and clamor about. So because the guild is a beneficiary and we are kind of like taking responsibility as, as members and really kind of bringing our a game, it's going to be a fun, fun time. And, and it's a, it's a long time overdue. It's tough mm-hmm. in that market. There are a lot of, uh, uh, established events and we don't want to come in, um, knocking anyone out. Uh, I, yeah. There's, is... there's like a, like a very slim schedule of available. Like day. it's not like Phoenix at all. Like with the, you might, you might only have 60 well, yeah, yeah. full working not... 60 days total to throw an event outside of things that are established. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, it's similarly in Tucson, it, it, you have to tread lightly. You have to work around, um, some of the events that a lot of breweries and, and, and people as individuals support, we don't want to take a lot of gas, away from them um but um and even city events too we don't want to like get in the way of you know a city event like in prescott or flagstaff we've run into that a few times we don't want to tread on any of that so it does kind of really narrow our available uh time yeah but september 6th it's going down well, great it's gonna time be awesome. to get out of the heat yeah well, <laughs> september 7th september 6th is when Grand Canyon um, flagstaff uh, there, apparently, uh, so, there's a big party at uh, Grand Canyon. <laughs> Grand Canyon, September sixth, um, uh, yes. and then the seventh is Jam the Beer. The unofficial, the... probably official after party. Well, yeah. <laughs> when we do a festival, there are going to be a series of days of events. Yeah, uh, whether you, whether yes. people whether are tuned you, in, whether, whether we even plan for them or not. <laughs> so true. People are just going to show up and want to drink. So we uh, we like to prepare for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like Beer Week, right? Yeah. Beer eleven days. That's how it happens. Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it it's is. like you you fool around a little bit, and all of a sudden the baby is a beer week. <laughs> I, 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 I literally want to I want to address this out loud right now since it happened for the first time this year. Right off that, uh, anyone notice me in the shade? Bump up a full day this year. So instead of being the two day excursion, it became a three day excursion this year. Uh, events starting Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> like it's awesome, you know. It's it's an event every all the brewers that are in Phoenix and the hot areas want to get get to, but it's traditionally been like a two day thing. And yeah. then this year they snuck in a third day. They uh, snuck it in with the disc the disc uh, tournament, well, right? Well, they moved that, but uh, yeah, everything started. Well, I think that stayed on the same day, but like they started doing like pub crawls. Like all the distributors did them on that uh, Thursday night. It was crazy. I was talking to people. I'm like, yeah, I'll be up Friday. They're like, oh, I'll probably be hungover. What? <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Wow. How are you preparing myself? Two days preparing myself. Yes. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So really awesome things coming up. So July 26th, we got BrewCon. Um, now, it is AZ BrewCon, so it's azbrewcon.com. Correct. Um, is it open to anybody? Um, it is. Uh, it is a professional event. It's yeah. not a, it is not a um, festival. Fanboy. It's not a fanboy festival. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a... you like got to be there to learn. It's, it's continued yeah. education. It's okay. self-driven. Like, if you're showing up, have your thinking hat on. Okay. Have a notebook. Yeah. 
it's it, it's it's for every home brewer who's like, I just want to do this, or any retailer who's like, I don't know what else. Is, like, I explain it like this a lot. Like, if I would have known that the job options that as they are available now when I was growing up, I would have taken different paths, right? And so what we're presenting, not in total, but one aspect of what we're presenting is if some person walks off the street, is they're getting a wide range of places they can take an interest in craft or beer or beverage, and they can expand upon it from there uh, it, for someone who isn't necessarily industry-driven. That gotcha. and it's incredible networking yes. opportunities. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The people that you meet in between, I mean, in between every session um, and at the lunch, uh, the the breakfast before, the happy hour afterwards. It's it's all. There's a lot of eating and drinking. I was going to say. That's lunch and happy hour. Yeah, I'm in. Hey, you know, we're beer people. (laughs) (laughs) We have needs. So, yeah, but it's it's incredible networking opportunity to to build relationships, to make those ties. If you're looking for an avenue into the industry, this is a really great opportunity for you to see exactly where you want to fit in and uh, to rub elbows and, and meet and greet people that are potential employers to you. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And there's a, there's a full schedule up there. And, and, uh, I would encourage you if you're a brewery that isn't with the guild right now, uh, to reach out to Kristen, her information's on the website. Just, you know, I think it'll be worth your while to, to be part of the organization before you go to that. Um, if you're, uh, looking to get into the industry at any aspect, um, Mm -hmm. This is this was my ten year plan uh, <laughs> that I guess is a, it wasn't really a plan but like uh, I went to these types of conferences for many many years and 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 uh, uh, this is how the circumstance worked out and uh, this is our give back like all of us like we want to have great people we want people to make good decisions like hey it's not for everybody right uh, you might come in guns a blazing about opening a brewery and you might end up make making a different choice uh, you might end up working for somebody or you might work towards a, a bar restaurant or, or, or a mm-hmm. craft beer experience, or uh, you might work for a distributor. Uh, there are all those people. We, 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 uh, we have um, some of the top people at some of the biggest distributors. We have uh, uh, at the, the big two uh, craft uh, distributors. We have uh, Ian uh, from, us? Yeah, from, from uh, Crescent Crown, vice president there. We have Andy McCain. Um, you know, public figure unto himself. Uh, we've got uh, representation uh, from 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 those folks. Uh, I I don't think you can go wrong, um, and uh, it includes uh, you know uh, your full ticket. Look at these guys creeping in. Joe from Goodfellas just walks in. It's like commercial time. This episode is brought to you yeah. by. <laughs> so so <laughs> it is it is open, um, but it's a qualified uh, be ready for business. Yeah. Um, because that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I feel that that strengthens the, the community here. Um, Regardless of what it is, whether it is somebody deciding, hey, you know, this is not for me, and mm-hmm. this that strengthens it, right? For, it's good for them because it's like, I, this was not good for me. Process it's also elimination. Getting, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so azbrewcon.com, you can go there to get the tickets. Uh, that's July 26th, realwildandwoody.com. Not the, what is the word for that? And Ampersand? Simple. Um, yeah, I don't know. Involved in that's that, why right? we have, uh, <laughs> I just called an at sign. That's, there you go. We have Real Wild and Woody. <laughs> dot com or realwildwoody.com you got them both yeah or you go to choose easy brews and get both okay links gotcha. 
VIP tickets available. I'm telling you, Google, Google will get you there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't even know why I say this stuff anymore. No, no, no it's, it's important. Like, you can do all this and go this and write this right. on the website down or just Google it. Just Google the words you're thinking about. But uh, July 27th. Guys, thanks for joining. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you for the beers and the table over there that might have food on it later. Yeah, we're getting. I heard something about that. <laughs> yeah, so, so for everybody, this is July. Uh, this is the, the day before July Fourth, and we're having an open house at the Guild, and it's we're having beer. Freedom Eve, sir. Freedom Eve. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's beer wings and the pursuit of happiness, and uh, wings are going to be picked up from Yucca in about five minutes. So. Ooh, Yucca. AZ, ah, AZ wings. wings AZ wings uh, closed until the fifteenth of July. Go see them as well. Um, excellent wings. I wish we could talk about them. No, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think you just yeah. did. I did. <laughs> I did. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the show. Tap That AZ is part of the Hopped Up Network, which is an organization of, or network organization, organizational network, I guess you would call it, <laughs> of uh, independent craft beer podcast throughout the country. There's around 30 um, 30 podcasts that are part of this group at this point. So go check them out, hoppedupnetwork.com. Uh, find your new second favorite uh, craft beer podcast. So you guys, thank you always, as always, for your support. Um, reviews, telling a friend. Uh, if you want to support some merchandise, reach out to me, ericatapthateasy.com, or send me a message on social media. Um, keep supporting the show. Really love it. Uh, really cool that... Um, I saw that the show is the 61st ranked in the food category for iTunes, so that's pretty awesome. Pretty excited, and that's all you guys. So thank you guys so much for spreading the word, listening to the show, and continuing to stay awesome.